Becky. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And, and we, we are Telling on Ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling, 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 telling on ourselves. Yeah, baby. We are back and we have the whole cast. We do. We're back to three. So glad. Three plus one. Three plus one. We got Chelsea in the house. Chelsea here today. Chelsea in the house. Yeah, she's going to just throw some knowledge on in there because that's what she is full of knowledge. Most definitely. Thanks, Chelsea. And she has her first thought wrong today. She does. Because the rest of us are perfect and we have the purest, most <laughs> clean thoughts. Just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. We don't have pure thoughts. I sure don't. I'm but very impure. You know what we do? Uh, we, we are so grateful for you guys and um, that you're spending this time because you could be doing a million other things, but you're listening to us goofballs and we're sharing about our recovery. And uh, we would like to do a shout out, our first shout out. Uh, Dawn in Wisconsin, we're so grateful for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We uh, put out there in the universe last week through the podcast (laughs) that (laughs) we're in need of some assistance in terms of our keeping, keeping things going. Keeping the keeping the ship sailing. Keep the lights on. The lights on, yeah. Because lights aren't going to be an issue anymore for most businesses. I mean, this isn't a business, but if you think about mm-hmm. it, they're probably not going to have much much like commercial real estate going on anymore. True. Sad day. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. So um, what can they do, Vic? But they can go to our link, which is in our show notes or on our Facebook page, and they could sign up to be a patron and just donate a dollar a month. Just one dollar. It's less than a coffee. It's like a coffee at (laughs) 7-Eleven, the smallest kind. (laughs) And it will help us maintain and grow. So uh, we're not trying to make money uh, off of this at all. We are simply just trying to keep it flowing. Keep it flowing. Because we do incur a few costs with our wonderful editor, TZ. He's not free, unfortunately. Neither is uh, is all the software that we have to use to keep it flowing. So we appreciate it. Yeah, we're asking for a little help. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And we have another announcement. Ooh, ooh, what's that? We are still looking for people who have first thought wrongs. Because we know you have them. We know you do. Because you're human. Because you have like seven a day, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because you're human. So if you have a first thought wrong or you catch yourself saying to yourself throughout the week, oh, first thought wrong, we want you to share it with us. You can either do a recording on your phone, basically like you're telling a story to somebody. Like a voice phone, memo. A voice memo. Record it. Cool. Email it into us, telling on ourselves three at gmail.com. Yeah. Or if you even want to call in and O-M-G. be on our podcast, we will set that up with you. We have the technology. We have the technology. It is 2020 and we have figured that out. So Because <laughs> we had to. It would be exciting. You'd be like live with us, yeah. which is awesome. Um, or we could figure out some other way to do it. (laughs) And, you know, one thing that you can do without sending anything in, if you like this podcast, what you could do is you could take a picture of this podcast and you could share it with a friend and tag them and tag yourself on Instagram and tag us, and then we will know that you shared it, and then it would be even more bountiful because I'm sure there's someone in your life that you know that might need to hear some either laughter at us or with us. Exactly. And you know what they say, uh, I tell three friends, three friends tell three friends, and before you know it, we're worldwide. 
worldwide. Love it. Loving it. All right. Well, now we get to pass over the microphone to our knowledge officer, (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Oh, yes. First thought wrong. I had so many thoughts wrong uh, the other day. But um, so I, I, I have. I have two roommates, and it's it's kind of cool actually. I'm I'm happy that I I have people. I live with people in this uh, quarantine situation. You know, it'd be very lonely if I was just by myself. But recently had a, a situation where um, there was there was a, some level of a disagreement with my roommate, and kind of went from a, a disagreement to not speaking to each other. And so we went through that for you know a few weeks, and then as things seemed to escalate, I started thinking about just all the the things in the house that that were mine that maybe you know people other people shouldn't be using because we weren't they weren't speaking to me and I wasn't speaking to them so I had this brilliant thought like maybe the vacuum cleaner I should just bring that into my room and and that they would have to get their own vacuum like like how smart is that I I I, I you're not going to use the vacuum cleaner so then the house isn't going to be vacuumed <laughs> brilliant I like all my other amazing first thought wrongs so um, yeah the situation is resolved now but uh, it was clearly a sign that uh, I needed to take a step back and and reach out for my higher power and uh, go through my uh, step four and and all the other steps with it. Um, so yeah, that was my first thought wrong, but luckily we caught that in time and I had a, another thought that was much better that was, no, let's just leave the vacuum cleaner out so people in the house can use it and, and our floors will be clean. So, so that, you didn't actually act on it. You were just all the thoughts of gathering all your well, things and holding them in. I didn't briefly put it in my room, but then I thought <laughs> it doesn't look great in my room and it's a little weird. So I, I then moved it outside of the, just very close outside of the room. It was like in the corner on the landing. So we could call her a Hoover hoarder. <laughs> so luckily, I don't think anyone noticed, or you know, it could have. But uh, yes, so that was my first thought wrong, and really glad that I didn't do that because what went to kind of a, you know, a standoff did get resolved. But I Good. think the vacuum probably could have been the breaking point on that one if I had sure like the roommates come home and there's like furniture missing all over the place like tables and chairs and, and the TV's open the missing door to Chelsea's yeah, and they're like knock on Chelsea's door and they're like are you in there and she's like somewhere she can yeah climbing over furniture and to get everything's to the door in open. her room <laughs> Well, she described something earlier, and I loved it. She said, yeah, I'm going to uh, shut the shut the castle door and empty the moat. <laughs> yeah, you're going to pull up yeah, the drawbridge, serious. empty the moat. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and we all do that because when we're hurt or even, I don't even know if feeling threatened is the right word, but when, when we're feeling like we need to take care of ourselves and all of our stuff because no one else is appreciating it, what that's what we do. I'll oh, show yeah. you. Exactly. Well, it kind of lends a hand to our topic. Today's topic is fear of change. And if you're fearing of change, you're probably not liking 2020. <laughs> no. We got so much change up in here. Oh, yes. We certainly do. <laughs> and um, I think we have Definition Corner. I'm we not certain. absolutely do. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot again. That's all right. I, You know, I came prepared today. So um, we are going to do the definition of fear first. And that is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, 
evil, pain, etc., whether the threat is real or imagined. So that's our fear. That's what it is. And then change is make the form, nature, content, future course of something different from what it is or from what it would be if left alone. Make the form changer contact. What's that? The form, comma, nature, <laughs> comma, content, comma, future course, comma. I get it. No. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> I said it too fast. Sorry. Thanks. Um, it, it, it's going to change those things, make it different from what it is or from what it would be if it was left alone. What so we, we got, want it to be. Exactly. Oh. What do we want it to be? So our fear is the distressing emotion that comes about because we may, if the course of something is going to be different than what we either imagined or if we left it alone. So we got some fear there. Dun, 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 dun. Everybody has fear of change, right? Well, yeah. Uh, I, I, although, because I will it's say, it is. But, and I think Bree and I are, are kind of on the same page with this one. We used to thrive on change because, well, I, I feel like me and you have talked about this before, and maybe not. I used to like change. I used to be the one that, oh, I don't like it how it is, I'm going to change it. My house, for example. Mm. I love changing the furniture around. I love changing things up. I get bored and stale, but I am afraid of certain change, like certain changes. Like Like, what? Well, (laughs) losing people I love because I'm annoying or um, what am I afraid of? Today I'm afraid of the boogeyman and um, Jack. You know who Jack is, right? The Ripper? Skillington? Oh, well, him. Yeah, I was thinking of Jack, (laughs) you know, the nightmare before Christmas, right? What's funny is, okay, so the children... And Jack the Ripper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The children... Why was that my first Jack? (laughs) (laughs) The children that I babysit have gotten really into that show. So uh, the little guy's like, Jack, Jack, let's watch Jack, Jack. And and, and so I put in, um, to do a search to find it, on YouTube, I put in Jack, and uh, Jack, and for some reason, I thought the Nightmare Before. Oh no, I put in the Nightmare Before Elm Street instead of the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> so all these like you know pop ups of Freddy, Freddy. Krueger came up, and I'm like, oh god, this is not what I was looking for. So yeah, abort, abort mission. Abort. <laughs> That's so funny. Your brain went there. Totally. Um, you know, I used to have this philosophy, especially when I was in my 20s, because, you know, I was all free spirit, um, more so than now, believe it or not. And I remember having this conversation with a friend one time, and I was about, I think I was about to go to culinary school, and I said, do the thing you're most afraid of. If you can do that pretty often, then you're going to keep things moving, moving along. And I talked to him just a few years ago, so it's been 20 plus years since we had that first conversation. And he said, it always sticks in my head when I'm really doubting myself. I think I just need to do the thing I'm most afraid of. And I've kind of led my life that way, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, I also, Bree said, well, Lynn, you do the change. And I said, yeah, I do the change sometimes, especially when I was deep in my disease because I didn't want any attachment, so I would bounce. It's like, I don't, I don't. out. Mm-hmm. I love that that was your saying back then. You were so young and wise. You know, do the thing you're afraid of. I was a rebel everything rebel. Everything else just won't stand up to that, you know. Yeah. You can overcome anything. Yeah, I think I've always been afraid of change. Um, Why do I feel like that's wrong? I'll edit my part out. Oh, no, that's okay. That's what you thought. And I think I want, well, so the funny thing is, the other week at work or something, I was talking to my boss, and I go, Oh, yeah, I like change. 
And she goes, no, you don't. She like totally called me on it. And I had to sit there and think, I'm like, why do I think I like change? Because I can name so many examples over the years where I had an opportunity to make a big change and Mm -hmm. to do this scary thing. And I ended up not doing the scary thing. And I stayed in my comfort zone. And I can pick like maybe 10 examples of that happening in my life right now. So I think as an alcoholic, just certain behavior patterns and certain thought patterns, they just become safe and routine and kind of like what we were talking about with the defense mechanisms and hiding the vacuum. Um, It's most of the time it's just to protect myself. And I do like security. Like I like kind of knowing in general what's going to happen. Even if it it even comes down to like a daily thing for me, if I think my day is going to go a certain way and then somebody says, well, hey, like, let's go to the grocery store. And I had no idea we were going to be going to the grocery store. I'll fuss a little bit about it first. Like, well, it's Sunday and it's 6 p.m. You couldn't have told me we needed to go to the grocery store sooner because I'm like ready to get I'm ready for work tomorrow and I don't want to have to leave my house again. So it's an interesting awareness to have now at this point in my life. And I feel like this is a recurring theme is this fear of change right now for me. So I need somebody to like kick my ass off a bridge or something, you know? So I always find it, okay, very, very fun to when someone comes up with a different idea, like let's say we have a plan and someone's like, why don't we do this? I'm always like, yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm always game. But when it comes to changing my routine, that is hard. That It's really hard to change your routine. Like if you have an idea in your head of what you're going to do, uh, shifting gears because someone else wants to shift gears is sometimes, well, that's not what I wanted. And this is the whole problem with humans. We all want to do what we want to do. And we're so many different people. Exactly. Yeah, I have a kind of a funny example. So, um, you know, I have an office job and at home, though, and um, really a lot of pain I, I in my right shoulder and arm. It's all the mouse clicking. <laughs> and I went to my um, massage therapist and suggested, you know, why don't you try putting your using the mouse on your left hand? And this would actually resolve <laughs> all my issues. And like, I like that intellectually, but in practice, I'm like, but that would slow me down, you know? But in the end, I mean, it probably is good to just give my right side a break because it's just, it's leading to a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at what point, how much pain do I need before I make a change? I guess is the question kind of in life. Well, that kind of segues into what I was thinking that we all were kind of either forced, I think we were forced into making the biggest change in our lives. And that was to accept that we were alcoholics and start living a sober life for me and you know what they say it's like the the evil bad I know now is better than the bad that I don't know so even though this might suck really really bad what what I don't know about could suck a thousand times worse and I'm terrified and I was so terrified of that yeah pain is a huge motivator Mm -hmm. and I always think you know that's what we always say like it could be worse and the yets are still out there so that is yeah and and great point for me, what what prompted that change was uh, finally that as scary as it might be to enter into this new phase of life, the the life that I have is so shitty, it couldn't be any worse. 
you know, and that was my gift of desperation. It's like as bad as it might be, it can't be any worse than what I'm living right now. So that, that prompting that change, and it's everybody has a different, they have a different threshold. I, I call it the threshold of pain when it comes to making those decisions with addiction and recovery. But we all have our individual thresholds. But the, the same common denominator for all of us is we finally surrender. And then change isn't so bad. Yeah, and then there's more change to come after that. You know, first you get sober, and then they want you to change everything about yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I wasn't drinking just because I was an alcoholic. I was actually drinking to cover up all this other shit I didn't want to deal with. What? And then feelings hit. <laughs> then you hit the wall of real feelings. Yeah. Feel feelings? What does that mean? <laughs> Talk about some fear. That's some fear. It's like I, don't, I didn't even, the feelings wheel that we talked about last week and Vicky posted for us on our accounts, um, we don't know how to express what we're feeling, what it is, um, how it manifests. And even f- physical and emotional for me, um, because a lot of times my feelings will be physical as well. And I just, you ignore it. You ignore it for so long. Yeah, like it turns into depression. Well, because I mean, I feel... You know, I can't. I feel like I can't talk about it too much on the podcast. But there's a change that I need to make in my life, and I haven't made it for the last four and a half years. <laughs> and it's like dragging me down. Like the more I sit in it, like the worse things get. And it's like, where is going to be the breaking point? You know? Yeah. But where's your threshold? It's fear of change. I won't trade what I have now, even though I'm not happy, because the unknown is so scary and it's not guaranteed, and I don't know. There's, it's a big question mark. It's like walking into like a black box at a haunted house, and you're like, don't you know something's going to jump out at you, but you just don't know when, and you don't know what. But it's what if it's be. not like something bad that jumps out? I at need you. to reframe it. What if it's something fun or more adventurous well, or more fulfilling or more amazing? Well, that's the whole thing with mindset, right? So like, change to you is like, oh my gosh, change is going to make things more fun and amazing, and I'm like, change could leave me. On the streets, <laughs> but but in reality, exactly not, in reality, it's not, not going to happen, right? Yeah. Well, and that just—I mean, there's so many things that this program has taught me. What it, what I think the main thing when it comes to fear of change is when I'm having fear, I'm not trusting. I'm not trusting higher power, and that's how I'm supposed to live. I'm supposed to trust higher power with every minute of my life, and when I do trust higher power, it always comes out better than I would have ever dreamed of. I mean, okay, so let's just talk about this huge, gigantic change we all had to go through. We went through this change. I was petrified. March... Right? Was it Friday the 13th? March, Friday the 13th? I was like, uh, I have a go bag. I have a compass with a knife that has a saw on it. I mean, I was serious that The Walking Dead is happening. Okay? Well, all of a sudden, a friend called that was a new person in this program and said, what are we going to do about meetings? I said, don't worry, we're going to take care of it. And next thing you know, I get on and I do a Zoom thing for us girls in a Facebook group, and we all know that that extremely blew up. And, uh, you know, most people in Alcoholics Anonymous have Zoom meetings now, and it's crazy and it's amazing and it's intense. And what it has done for me personally, it has opened my eyes to so much good in the world and so so many people that I never would have ever even met. These dear people that have taught me so much more about my recovery. I mean, every day since we started doing a speaker meeting, I think I've missed maybe five 
speakers, but every single night we have a speaker. And I tell you what, I learn something. Whether I like the speaker or not, I learn something about my own recovery. And it's just so cool to have these different perspectives from all over the world. And I think that that big fear of change ended up being something really beautiful in my personal life, but it's because I flipped the script on the way I looked at it. And it was was intentionally to help somebody else, which is a little bit of my kind wow. of situation, but that's the 12th step. So um, it did get a little extreme in my... I, I took it to an extreme. I alcoholically was involved in this service work. However... It made me a better person. It also brought me to my knees, but bringing me to my knees helped me now. I have a much stronger sense of boundaries and growth in my own uh, humanness and recovery. So it's just, I mean, this change has been crazy, hard, confusing, uh, upsetting, but I really think what it's done for me is helped me live in faith a lot more than living in fear of change. You had so much change in the last like year and a half. So how did you get through the, the other change in your life? I have no idea. I, you guys? Because you had a career move. Yep. Yeah, it was you guys. It was, this, it was the women in this program that have really been um, monumental in, in helping me get through it. Because there were days where I was... Ugh, uh, you know, just a broken. What am I doing? I don't. I don't know what you're doing. Who are you? What are you thinking? Um, and and now things are culminating in a different way, and they're changing in a different way. And and it's there's like a light at the end of the tunnel, which is super exciting. It is. But also, I could go there. I could easily go to fear. But if I stay in faith, then then it usually it's turned out better. I guess this year that's why I'm in a little. I guess that's why is because all the practice of being afraid. Being afraid, I am. Um, this was years ago when I lived in Nashville, like early two thousands. I worked for a corporation and had a nice steady che- paycheck, nice benefits, and I was dead inside. I didn't feel like I had a purpose, um, no direction. I was very, very sad, and I had an opportunity to start doing my own catering business, and I took the leap, and I did it for almost two years, and it was really hard work. What I learned was. I don't want to work that hard all the time because you can never step away from it. And it's it's so grueling, like physically as well as mentally, emotionally. But I did it because I knew that if I didn't try it, I would always wonder. So I tried it. And what I realized is that I learned so many things from that experience, yeah. like skill building and my perseverance and my tenacity. So I could use it in anything that I did from there on out. And what I was able to do is use it to do part-time work as catering and as a personal chef and a private chef. But I still, what I discovered, I can. And then I still have the security of a regular paycheck, which is what I discovered. I never knew I needed that, but I did. I needed the security of a regular paycheck. And then I could pick and choose the clients that I wanted to work with. And I didn't feel like I was forced to work with everyone because I had to always say yes. So that was huge learning that I never would have gotten otherwise. I always would have wondered, you know, what if, what if I'd started my own business? Where would I be? So now I know because of that. And that. And I did it not out of courage. It was just stupidity, I think. I'm, honestly, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, well, what's the worst that could happen? I love that, though. You know, sometimes you are more willing to make a change if you just don't 
overthink. Overthink it. Yeah, overthink. And the only way to grow is to change. Well, in that Truly. whole cannonball, you know how I always liked that one song that I cannonball into to the, the water. water. Yeah, I that. actually know one of the songs. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good job. They sing, they sing all the time, and I never know what songs they're singing. Yes, I you're talking about the breeders' cannonball. So. No, but the cannonballing into the water. I mean, th- there was a point in my recovery where I just had to cannonball in. Mm-hmm. Is you're in or you're out. Yeah, and um, and it it gets easy when you're when you're. In two different places, you almost want to break apart, right? When you're not totally together in one spot. I don't know. It's like standing on the outside with damp clothes. That's my analogy. If you're not although if you're not out and dry and you're not completely in the water, then you're standing on the edge in wet clothes and it is so fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Like wearing damp clothes is like my least favorite. Yeah. It's not it's gross. Especially socks. So don't yeah, don't stand, don't be the person standing on the edge. In wet socks. Right. <laughs> well, I think especially for people that are more cautious or don't have the freedom or the space to make those big risks of, you know, changing a career or stopping the paycheck, even if you take some little steps to doing the things that you're afraid of, and what you're going to learn is that you do trust your higher power, your God, whatever it is. You're going to trust and surrender and go, I'm going to do this thing that terrifies me knowing that what is intended to be best for me will happen. Well, and you know you're alive. Yeah. Kind of what Lynn was saying. She's like, what's the worst that could happen? It's not like her catering job was going to actually physically kill her. You know, she might be exhausted. Yeah. She might be burnt out. (laughs) I also think it doesn't have to be this big change that you're afraid of. I think it could just be being open to what comes instead, being open to the unfolding of your life, Mm -hmm. simply not judging it. Because I think it's that we want it the way we want it, when we want it, that selfishness and self-centeredness that it talks about in recovery, that if I'm doing that, then I'm not going to be open to like the, the possibility of meeting someone that could do make changes in my life and help me tremendously. Like some of the things that have happened uh, for me in this time when I didn't, nobody wanted this change. But if you are looking at it from a state of, well, let's see what we can do with this. You can gain something. I think it's spiritual school. It is spiritual. It boot absolutely camp, is. You know, um, what you were saying about um, wanting what we want when we want it. Don't you think that's kind of fear based? Because if we're always wanting to determine how things are going to be, it's because we're afraid of what it might be if we don't try to control it. Probably that's down to the nitty-gritty of why. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Or we could just be selfish bastards that just, I want ice cream (laughs) right now, so you better go to the store and get it for me. I don't care that you're lactose intolerant. (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate and peanut butter, please. Please. Uh (laughs) Right quick, sisters. Yeah, there's this year has been a lesson for all of us for sure. All of us at once in the whole wide world. In the whole wide world. It's so weird. I think even the moon's looking down at us chuckling right now. <laughs> and look at those silly humans. <laughs> the other alien races. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Laughing at us too, maybe. <laughs> why didn't they invade us now? This would have been the perfect time. But you know, why don't we just laugh about it because it it's we could sit here and be miserable about it and be scared, or we can laugh about it and have fun with it. 
right? And and yes, okay, it's not fun that there there are a lot of things that are very I am not minimizing the difficulties mm-hmm. that we are going through because this is difficult financially, this is difficult emotionally, this is difficult. However, if we kind of try to flip the script in any situation of it, it might change our perspective and energetically change us inside so that we have a different viewpoint of it. It definitely has changed my priorities personally. Um, I don't care so much what shoes are going to be in style this fall. You know, just silly things like that. And and it's not like I'm a big shoe whore, but I, you know, you I like are to, a little close, a little bit. I like to have fun boots and fun things. And I was actually looking at some stuff online. I'm like, where am I? going to go. It doesn't fucking matter. When can I wear these fancy <laughs> shoes? We're not even going to meetings. I can't even like look cute for a meeting anymore. It's like what's in style for 2020? Your fucking slippers, man. Like, those Thank same, God I got new Ugg slippers last year. Who's got the year? best yoga pants? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, and that's why I think I'm so drawn to like Instagram accounts that have like memes and funny stuff is because yeah, when they when I see stuff that's making fun of this year, I'm laughing about it instead of going to the other side, which is like the fear of it all or the anger at it all or whatever. So my favorite is the meme on Facebook or the little anecdote or whatever that says, you know, to think that we all stayed up until midnight to celebrate this <laughs> year coming in. Oh, that's know, that we celebrated this shit. <laughs> Jokes on us, motherfuckers. Yeah, every year it's like, this year, this my intentions for this year. Well, I want to see the vision boards. <laughs> I actually think there'll be a huge party when this year is like over, even though theoretically it's only like a day. You know, the concept of time is just like there's no difference between December 31st and January 1st. Yeah. But everybody's going to be like, leave 2020. <laughs> I think that, and you, you kind of made me think about something Brie with that comment just that you know having a shared experience even though we're we're all suffering it's it's we're having it all together this is going to be a point in time we look back and realize we all went through this whether it was you know when you look at World War II I mean that was very unpleasant but when you look at all the movies and the books and everything and everyone you know from that generation can relate to it it's a shared experience that somehow it makes it it's kind of like the program you know you you, you know you suffer more when you're alone but when you're a part of something bigger it really it really brings it back together ding 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 why we when you come to Alcoholics Anonymous for the first time and you see everybody laughing you're like what are these motherfuckers laughing about this is serious shit we're laughing about our misery really well, Half we're laughing we're about, about what idiots we are. That we, <laughs> that we used to live like that by choice, yes, by right? Choice. So, so now we we have um, a, an ability to not take ourselves so seriously anymore. And I think maybe that's the lesson in everything in life is just to get to a place. I don't know that that's kind of like jumping off a ledge, but to no. get to a place where we can just find the joy in everything that we do, whether it's um, you know, we don't have to skip. Well, you can. Actually, I, I challenge all of you to skip. I will at work too. I usually do when I take my little break around the building, I skip. There's something about it. Skipping. <laughs> like, I dare you to skip. Video or it didn't happen. Right. Well, there's the, Proof. we have cameras at work. <laughs> well, I dare you to skip for like 10 skips. 10 skips. I can do that. Can skip you do to 10 l- skips? Skip to the loo, I my think darling. so. Yeah. I mean, seriously, when I do it, it's so dorky. Okay. So I have a. a embarrassing kind of thing. I when I'm on the phone, I circle this yes, little you are a pacer. I pace you when are I a talk. Mad pacer yeah. when you I know. <laughs> That's how I get all my steps, right? Um but sometimes I skip. 
And that's even funner. I love it. I'm such a nerd. Well, when you were just talking about before the skipping. Skip to my loo? Yeah, before you skip to my loo. Um, what, what did you say? Because was, I was going to tie something About like it. having, uh, looking at it with fun and not taking ourselves looking so at it with seriously. Fun. And the other, the other part to that, getting through these difficult times um, we talked about at the beginning was, Vicki, you said it, um, when I started helping somebody else, suddenly my catastrophe didn't seem so big and my fear didn't seem so big and the change didn't seem so daunting because I was helping someone else. And that's really what it always comes down to is if, if you extend a hand to someone that's suffering or scared or alone, suddenly your problems don't seem so big. Right. And, you know, it brings me to, that thought brings me to what I heard a speaker say recently, and I've been saying it almost every day. I just, it means so much. It's, you got to give, you give it away to get it. Mm-hmm. You give it Not away to, to get it. it. Not to keep it. You give it away to get it. That's yeah. where the magic is when we help each other. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Whether you're in recovery, you're thinking about being in recovery, whether you are love someone that needs to be in recovery or that is in recovery. We're just trying to share some of these tools that we've learned mm-hmm. throughout our crazy, wild, and awesome, goofy, <laughs> silly Difficult journey Falling of down, what dropping, we've done. Dropping mixing boards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spilios in the house. It's not just Vicky's title. So, yeah. Do you all have anything else or do you want to go on to the golden nuggets? I think I'm ready for the nuggets. Okay, I have one more thing to say. It was Good. way back when Vicky was talking about how she got through all of her change with the women of, in the group and the support of everybody. It just kind of reminded me of... Anytime I did something that was scary when I was a little kid, you know, my mom was always there to, you know, kind of cheer me on and stuff. And I just think it's so cool that we have that with each other now as adults because people still need that, you know, it's me especially. And I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but it is so nice to have a group of cheerleaders. You just have to be honest about where you're at. And there's so many people who will come and cheer you on. And that is we'll just cheer so cool. you on always. And it's like, like you know, like your mom holding your hand as they walked you into the first day of kindergarten. You know, scared shitless, and just as long as you got someone to walk with and hold hands with, it makes it a little less scary. Feel like you're gonna get through it. You know, she'll be waiting for you at the end of the day. Right. That's how I feel about you guys. Well, and they've been Gals. through it. That's why it's so cool when someone's been through it before. They know that there's another side of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, kindergarten? Psh, that's easy. Can't wait <laughs> till seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just having the safe space to vocalize your fears and know that they're going to be received without judgment and with unconditional love. Right. Mm-hmm. Having that space is... That's priceless. Right. Straight up. Straight up. I have a golden nugget. Give it. It's about don't be wet in wet socks. Wait, what did you say exactly? Don't <laughs> be standing on the side of, of the pool wet clothes. in wet clothes. Yeah, that's Either my golden jump in, nugget. Cannonball in. Yep. Or go Stay sit in, get on a beach chair. <laughs> and that what Chelsea said about the um, the camaraderie that we can get to when we go through hard things and when we do this stuff together. Yep. We cultivate it. Vicki, you said uh, open to the unfolding of life. And you you mentioned that quite often. I think you referenced that. But I just love the whole 
for me, it's a visual and the idea behind, you know, it's trust and it's surrender. But think about this amazing journey that we're on. And I see it as like the yellow brick road. The yellow brick road is unrolling. Follow the yellow brick road. And there you go. It's like it's right there. Just keep going. Keep moving forward. Well, and it's kind of brings us all full circle to your new unilome or whatever you call (laughs) it. Unilome. She got a tattoo. I got a tattoo. I covered up a past mistake, a bad mistake. So I have a lotus, which means, you know, you have to grow through the mud to bloom. And then the unilome is a Buddhist uh, theory, philosophy of it's like these squiggly, crazy lines. It's our uh, path through life. We have chaos and we have troubles. And then we're always searching for enlightenment. So the line gets straight. And then there's dots at the top, which are death and reincarnation. So that's we'll what post I did. a picture for you guys because yeah. yeah. it actually is really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. And really pretty. And it hurt more than anything <laughs> that the, the spot on my ankle. And I knew it was going to be tender. Y'all, I've never, yeah, it was 45 minutes of. It was good change, though. So you you just walked through it. You knew it was going to be painful. You just did it anyways. See, you're an example. There ain't no fear here. There ain't no fear. Fear doesn't have a place here. Um, And so my golden nugget was what, I mean, you both touched on it. It was the practice of being afraid. Because when I asked you, Vicki, how you got through this last year, you're like, I just had a lot of practice with change and walking through it. And Lynn, that's what you had said when you were talking about starting your, well, just your philosophy coming out of school and you mm-hmm. told that man um, to do things that scare you, yeah. you know, do some, do the scariest thing. And then you applied that to your own life. And so just the practice of being afraid and that's okay. It's okay to have that. It's just, you got to be open, you know? So yeah. Charles, do you have any final thoughts? So many good nuggets here. Um, you know, I like the reframing, the adventurous mindset. I think you almost have to get outside of yourself mm-hmm. and look yeah. to possibilities versus just looking at the current situation. Um, you know, it's kind of like a zero-sum game, but if you can get beyond that to just the pieces on the board and and, and really see it from a 30,000-foot perspective um, and, and bring the higher power into the equation, uh, new possibilities, new doors open up, just like with the with with the the group the online group and just and all the things that you couldn't see at the moment from the point you were at you can't know the future we're not we're not no. mind re- you know we're not mind readers we're not fortune tellers and that's why we have our higher power i just this just popped in my head when you said this you can't manufacture magic no not unless you're Houdini. <laughs> I was thinking David Blaine. Oh. <laughs> but I'll tell you, from that perspective, I I wouldn't have done the group if I knew no. what it was going to no be. No way. I would have never it even done terrifying. it. I would have said no effing way. 17,000, are you kidding me? No. Well, thank you all again for showing up with us another week. Yeah. Share with a friend that you think mm-hmm. might like this stuff. And they and they told three friends and so on and so on. Was that a shampoo commercial? I, I think it know. was. And so on and so on. Huh. I'm I'm delving back in the seventies there, kids. Sorry. <laughs> kids. Kids. All right. Love you guys. Tribe out. Tribe out. Tribe out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more telling on ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.